What is going on, New York Giant fans? Welcome back to another preview pod on the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Hit the like button, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or a video drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. Also, share this out. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and do all the good stuff. And check out some of our recent videos. We're doing a little bit more video content as of late just to get to you guys a little bit more with the Giants content rather than the Twice of the Week podcast. So another preview pod. This time against the Washington Commanders again. And of course we know how that went the last time for the New York Giants, the Commanders, and the Giants won. That was the last game they won. And that was at home. Now we're going to... FedEx field in Washington, D.C. And two different teams in terms of states right now, at least in my opinion. You have the New York Giants. They are looking like they're tanking. They're playing really bad football, the worst in the league. When I was previewing this pod back a few weeks ago in week seven, I wanted the Giants to win. Now I want them to lose. But I want them to stay competitive in this game because with all due respect, they should. And the Commanders team that we're facing now is better than the team we faced a few weeks ago, but it's not progressively like 10 steps ahead better. Um, they've gotten better in certain areas, especially the quarterback position, I will say that. But, um, you know, Washington, they traded away Montez Sweat. They traded away Chase Young. And, you know, there's not a lot of, expectation for the rest of the year for Washington some have expectations some don't but with that on the table um Sam Howell's playing some really good football right now the last three games believe it or not since the giant game he's thrown for over 300 yards each game which is really really good um against the Eagles he had a completion percentage of 75 then a completion percentage of 64.4 against New England when they won and 65.9 completion percentage against Seattle. And in those three games, he's thrown two interceptions. But, however, in those three games, he's thrown eight touchdowns in three games. That's two on average. Which, you know, obviously we know we know that uh, Sam Howell could do that type of stuff. But we also know he could turn over the football and make mistakes. But... Again, over 300 yards each game. I'm, I'm honestly admiring that from Sam Howell, honestly. Like, I'm not going to say, yeah, yeah, go Commanders, all these different things, right? Um, because after all, they are our rivals. But it is a new look Sam Howell compared to a few weeks ago. And it's going to be interesting to see this game if the defense has the same game plan, if their offense, you know, they still rolling the way they did a few weeks ago. Are they going to be freaked out by the Giants' pass rush? Because it looks like all pass rushers are going to play. Aziz, Kayvon has cleared concussion protocol, which is a little scary. I'll get to that in a second. Um, will they roll out Sam Howell a little bit more? There's going to be a lot of different variables in here. So be sure to like, comment, subscribe, folks. Let's get right into it. So the injury report for the commanders. Uh, we'll start with the home team, sure. Alex Armour, the fullback, is out with a hamstring injury. Defensive end James Smith-Williams is out with a hamstring injury, and Antonio Gibson is doubtful with a toe injury. So that's that's an interesting loss right there. Though they've been using Brian Robinson a little bit more, and I guess with that we'll see Chris Rodriguez a little bit more. We did see him a tad against the New York Giants the first time around. 
And then for the Giants, it's three players. It's Adoree Jackson. He's out with the concussion, so it's no longer <clears throat> the neck designation. It is a concussion, so he'll play next week against New England. And Evan Neal out with an ankle injury, which really doesn't surprise anyone. He was on crutches like a week and a half ago. Again, you know, we'll see when he comes back and if the Giants put him on, on IR and stuff like that. So let's go into the horrific team stats. Well, horrific for the New York Giants, that is. 32nd in total yards, 32nd in passing offense, 14th in rushing offense, and 32nd in points offense. Defensively, 27th in total yards, 21st against the pass, 24th against the run, 29th in points allowed. Then you look at the analytics, 26th in pass percentage, 7th in run percentage, 29th in pass percentage on first down, 11th in run percentage on first down. And second in blitz percentage, they've dropped to 20th in pressure percentage and 31st in sacks. The Commanders, they've gotten better. They've gotten better in the offensive categories a little bit. Um, the rushing yards per game is kind of a product of how much they actually run the football, which we'll get into that into the offensive analytics. But they're 16th in total yards, 11th in passing offense. Again, Sam Howell's a big uh, contributor to that. 28th in rushing yards, uh, rushing offense, that is, and 17th and uh, 17th in points per game. Defensively, 29th in total yards. Again, still not in a great category. They weren't a good defense to begin with. And the subtractions of Chase Young and Montez Sweat hurt big. 29th in uh, passing defense, 21st in rushing defense, and 31st in points per game allowed. They are first in pass percentage and 32nd in run percentage. Talk about polar opposites. Then they're 24th in pass percentage on first down, 26th in run percentage on first down. And then they're 13th in blitz percentage, 19th in pressure percentage, just a slot above the Giants, and 14th in sacks which obviously is miles better than the New York Giants category, which is, well, they're 31st in sacks. So, let's talk about things to look for. I'm looking at three things. And I'm going to start with Sam Howell on offense. He is on a tear. As I told you guys, he's got 300 yards, or at least 300 yards in the last three games. Eight touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, if you're a Washington fan and you're kind of looking for a silver lining... That's your silver lining because they have been, uh, what is it, one and three in the last four, which obviously isn't good. And again, you count to the last three, they're one and two. They lost to Seattle. They lost to Philadelphia. They're all close games, by the way. But you look at Sam Howell's performance like, hey, this guy could be the quarterback of the future. You know, he's, you know, shining in the brightest of spots. And I'm looking for him to still be on that tear against the. Seattle Seahawks, he was sacked three times, sacked three times against New England. And Philadelphia, he was only sacked once, which is a shocker. But I will say this as well. I believe, now I will ask Corey, which we had on the last time, I'll ask Corey in the second half of our show whether Nick Gates was benched or not. Because I believe that was the case. I believe they brought in Tyler Larson as the center and a couple of other maneuverings, and they've played pretty well. And also Chris Paul has moved in. At left guard, the second-year player out of Tulsa. And then the right side's pretty much the same. And Charles Leno's still a left tackle. So they've made some maneuverings on that offensive line. And it just looks better than it was the beginning of the season. 
Uh, and they're dropping in sacks allowed as the weeks go on. And something that will help with that, especially with the Giants having a furious pass rush always against Washington. You know, some other teams it's inconsistent, but always against Washington is we saw this a little bit, a teeny tiny bit. And I think Eric Bieniemy is going to learn his lesson from the first time around. And he only did it a few times the first time around was rolling Sam Howell out. It was a couple first down plays that he made on the rollout, but keeping him in the pocket is not where he succeeded against the New York Giants. Thibodeau, Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Jason Pinnock, all those guys feasted for sacks. And I think Sam Howell, and I think the offense, is going to learn their lesson and say, hey, we need to do some rollouts more. These cornerbacks have been struggling. They're not going to be with Adoree Jackson this game again. So time to eclipse on that. And... I still expect the New York Giants to blitz the house on Sam. There was man, there was zone, there was a couple of different things going on last week against the Dallas Cowboys. But obviously they have a lot more prestigious weapons. They have more of a prestigious offensive line. Dak is a better quarterback in my opinion. And with that on the table, obviously, I expect the Giants to stick to their game plan. I don't think a zone scheme is going to be much in beneficial stuff because... Um, unless the Giants say we're going to play keep away slash run the football, all that sort of stuff, where the Giants tried to go more of a pass offense last time. They also tried to filter in the run a little bit. But that was with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback, and now we have Tommy DeVito at quarterback. Um, so I still think that New York Giants are going to blitz the house on Sam Howell. And, you know, it's not like last season where we just play zone. Because of the lack of corner depth, I think Wink Martindale has confidence in his corners, especially going around last time what happened, that these guys are going to play well. And also, a big running game from Big Blue. Um, Tommy DeVito, I don't expect him to have these game-breaking stats. I think we got to... Listen, if you're in Vegas, uh, the betting-wise, if you're on FanDuel, if you're on DraftKings, if you're on PropBets, or uh, there's a couple other uh, betting platforms... Uh, there's one that Angry John uses, and it, it's not getting to me right now. But I think we need to start making a prop of whether Tommy DeVito will throw over 100 yards because he didn't throw over 100 against the Jets. Against the Raiders, he did, and against the Cowboys, he didn't. So maybe you ought to make that prop bet of over 100 yards, under 100 yards, total 100 yards for Tommy DeVito. But the way I expect the Giants run game, I think it's going to be filtered mostly through Saquon Barkley. I do expect the Giants to, you know, though they do have a bad pass defense, I do expect most of the run game to go through Saquon, maybe 20, 25 carries. I don't expect Deshaun Corbin to be involved, to be personally honest. That's just the truth. And then Matt Breida for maybe like four carries at most. Uh, it really depends on the flow of the game because if it's a blowout, then they'll start trotting out their other running backs and other offensive linemen. But if it's a close game, they'll keep Saquon in and they'll keep him bruising through the offensive line again the extra yards so that's things to look for Sam Howell right he's got 17 touchdowns nine interceptions on the air he's taken 47 sacks his completion percentage is up to 66.5 2783 yards again we already mentioned a thousand times about the last three games for Sam Howell he is on a tear Brian Robinson is still not rushing efficiently though as he's got five touchdowns on the season only four yards per carry, 485 yards, and 121 rushes. And again, goes back to the analytics. Sometimes you can't really rely on the stats. You have to have analytics to back it up and vice versa. And in this scenario, they run the ball 
32nd most in the league. They don't run the football at all. And efficiency-wise, that's a different story. But again, Brian Robinson, four yards per carry, that's not great. But they also use him in the receiving game. Antonio Gibson, we talked about him. He's out. Chris Rodriguez, still without his first NFL touchdown, the rookie out of Kentucky. He's got 61 yards on 14 carries, 4.4 yards per carry. You look at the receiving game, still a little down in yards uh, in terms of Terry McLaurin and my expectation to be completely honest with you. Two touchdowns, 51 receptions, 601 yards. Behind him, you have Jahan Dotson, three touchdowns, 360 yards, 34 receptions. Behind him, you have Logan Thomas, three touchdowns, 351 yards, and 38 receptions. Curtis Samuel behind him, two touchdowns, 338 yards, and 37 receptions, which kind of tells me this. And obviously, at the bottom, you have Gibson, Robinson, Jamie Brown, and Jameson Crowder. It tells me that Sam Howell is doing a really good job of spreading the ball around. Not just McLaurin gets, you know, X amount of reps. Not like CeeDee Lamb, where he probably has over 1,000 yards already. Thank you, New York Giants. But Brandon Cooks didn't have a lot of yards. Michael Gallup didn't have a lot of yards. And it was just like CeeDee Lamb, cream of the crop, is at the top. But, again, Sam Howell looks like he's doing a good job of spreading the football. So, let's take a look at the defense uh, we already talked about the offensive line the last time, but we could get that up this time around. So they were really bad when we played them. Obviously gave up seven sacks. And um, they had the most sacks allowed in the NFL at the time. And that has slowed down since, I will say that. And they have allowed, let's count this out, still the second most sacks in the NFL, but the Giants are the most with 54 sacks allowed there at 47. Um, and then it's a long distance between them and the New York Jets, about 13. But again, a lot of that was done in the first couple of weeks of the season with Nick Gates and some of these other cats allowing sacks left and right. So Jonathan Allen, 34 tackles this season, four sacks, six tackles for a loss, 11 quarterback hits. And 15 quarterback pressures. You go to Deron Payne, who's having a down season. He just got paid too. So that's a little bit of a disappointment if you're a Washington Commanders fan. Uh, he's got 32 tackles, one sack, eight quarterback hits, six quarterback, uh, eight quarterback pressures, six quarterback hits, and six tackles for loss. You get to their other edges. Casey Tuhill, four sacks on the season, which is a career high for him ever since coming to Washington. Seven pressures, um, 13 tackles, four tackles for loss, and six quarterback hits on the season. And then their other edge um, is probably going to be K.J. Henry or Andre Jones Jr., who was in this year's draft. And Henry, I believe, was also in this year's draft, I believe, out of Clemson, if I'm not mistaken. And Henry hasn't played much as far as Andre uh, Jones Jr. I'm going to pull up his stats now. <clears throat> Apologies for being congested a little bit, but he's made two tackles in a total of nine games. So it's probably going to be a mixture of rotations plus the add-in of defensive lineman John Ridgeway and all that other stuff. But also, you move to the secondary. Kendall Fuller, as I said in the Week 7 pod, not having the greatest of seasons. Has allowed six touchdowns, 116.7 passer rating, 52 tackles. Two interceptions, 73.3 completion percentage, 490 yards allowed. You go to Benjamin St. Justy, 
Um, as far as he goes, I'd probably say he's having the best year of his career. One interception, 16.6 completion percentage, 513 yards, which is the most allowed in his career. Two touchdowns. The lowest passer rating, though, at 86.2 and 49 tackles. Then you move to Emmanuel Forbes, who got benched early in the season due to bad play and is coming back a little bit now. You know, he's getting in more reps and uh, he's playing a little bit better football now. But uh, this season, one interception, nine games, three starts, 55.3 completion percentage, two touchdowns allowed, and a 99.6 passer rating with 23 tackles on top of that. And then the last one we'll go to is Cameron Curl. Three tackles for a loss, two quarterback hits to go along with 10 games played, 81 total tackles, three quarterback pressures, one sack. He's the safety, of course. 69.4% completion and coverage, 84.4 passer rating, which is the second best of his career, and no touchdowns as of yet. And uh, I hate to say this, unless they go to Saquon in the passing game, I don't really see him giving up a touchdown this game because Daniel Bellinger is just not a threat with Tommy DeVito, a quarterback. But before we go to top matchups, keys to win, and score prediction, we got to get into our ad. That's SeatGeek. So if you guys have or have not already, going to a ball game, going to a tailgate, going to a concert, SeatGeek is your one-stop shop. You can get $20 off your entire order with the promo code Big Blue in the Bronx. That's Big Blue in the Bronx. No abbreviation, the name of the podcast, the name of the channel. So let's go into top matchups. I'm looking at number one here. I'm looking at Deontay Banks versus Terry McLaurin. He had a very big fourth quarter versus Deontay Banks the last time and was shut down for the first three. I think the total was like 90 yards on Banks, but I thought it was a little bit less zone coverage and all that. Really looking forward to see this matchup. Banks had a terrible game last game, had a terrible game before that. Has struggled the two games, and that's part of the cornerback one, wide receiver one duties. Uh, Dory Jackson, obviously, went down with the concussion and neck injury, so he's had to handle that. And listen, with all due respect, the Giants drafted him 24th overall, almost 25th, but 24th overall in this draft, and they want to see him groom as a corner one in this league. Adoree Jackson probably not going to be here next year, so we're looking to see that. We're also looking to see the second-round pick, JMS, versus Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. Payne has had the lesser of seasons out of the two defensive linemen jms obviously has been an up and down center but he's got the iq to figure things out it just needs to be put through the hand motions and the technique and all these other different things that come with center and he will be given help whether that's ben bredesen or justin Pugh uh, on the left side of him but jms could have a good game i feel like this could be a bounce back game for jms i know he got tricked up last week against Demarcus Lawrence and Mozzie Smith and Michael Parsons, of course. But JMS is his first time playing the Washington Commanders. Then you look also as well, Ben Bredesen and Justin Pugh versus Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Likely, again, you'll probably be getting a one-on-one matchup somewhere, uh, whether it's Ben Bredesen or Justin Pugh. Bredesen didn't have a great game last game. Pugh's been the more consistent of the guards. So there's that to put out there. Uh, You move forward to the um, wide receiver side for Washington, Jahan Dotson versus Trey Hawkins or Cordell Flott. I would like to believe that Jahan Dotson is going to get some time in the slot. Same thing with Curtis Samuel too, but the more explosive one is Jahan Dotson. I liked him coming out of college. I liked him last year showing his game against the New York Giants. He really had a good game against both, both games against the New York Giants last year. Not so much this year, but 
Cordell Flott, he's been up and down in a few games, but mostly good to where you could bring him back next year as a part of the core. And Trey Hawkins, just in general, because he struggled really, really badly this season. Um, you don't know if he's going to be a part of the future of this team as a starter. You may have to get another corner next year's draft or something like that, or maybe keep Nick McLeod as a reserve. Or maybe they throw out Nick McLeod instead of Trey Hawkins, which is possible. McLeod has familiarity because he played against Washington both times last year. Xavier McKinney versus Logan Thomas. Thomas, I believe, is at the top of the receiving list, I believe third for the Commanders. Yes, so, you know, tight end safety matchup. Uh, you can move to the inside, Dexter Lawrence versus Tyler Larson. Larson has not played against Dexter Lawrence this year. Uh, it was Nick Gates, and he was destroying Nick Gates. He was putting Nick Gates on his ass, and Dexter Lawrence, that was the first game. He even got a touch in the sack category, full sacks, all that sort of good stuff. So I'm looking for him to have a good game. And he's also going to be going up against Chris Paul. He might get triple teamed, who knows. But it is important for him to have a good game. It's important for Kayvon to have a good game. We'll talk about that. And also Aziz, because Ashawn Robinson is the opposite guy next to him. Also, Raheem Nunez-Roches and some of the other cats, because Leonard Williams is not here anymore. But Kayvon Thibodeau, he's probably going to go up against the right tackle, Andrew Wiley. And Thibodeau had a hell of a game the last time. And kind of looking forward to see that again. And also... Uh, for the left side, it's Charles Leno versus Aziz. Aziz really hasn't shown much since he's been on the field. And he went off last year against Washington. Notably the first time around where the tie happened. I'm looking forward to see that again. Well, I'm looking forward to potentially seeing that again is the better way of putting it. Because if Aziz stays on the field and if he's productive. Because I believe this is a year where Aziz needs to prove himself as I'm productive when I'm on the field. It's just the injuries. So far, he hasn't really proven that. So those are my top matchups. Keys to win. I'm going to say run the ball efficiency. Uh, run the ball efficiently. Excuse me. And four yards per carry, five yards per carry. This is a team that does not defend the run well. And I feel like over the last few weeks, that's been the story. But the Giants just haven't been getting it going. And their run game sucks. Let's be completely honest. The blocking up front hasn't been good whether they're putting McKeithen in or doing these extra tackle things. Um, they have to run the ball efficiently. Or efficiently. I, can't, I don't know why I say efficiency, but running the ball efficiently is a key to win this game. And number two, it's really a big part of that, scoring in the red zone. Um, and scoring when it counts. How about that? Scoring when it counts, that's a key to win. Um, Tommy DeVito's a quarterback. So any of these dink and dunk passes, screen passes, they have to eventually let Tommy DeVito air it out. But that would cause a couple of turnovers. So, again, whatever, wherever the Giants go in terms of this, they'll go. Again, it's probably going to be mostly run, but they're not going to let Tommy DeVito air it out too much, um, I don't think, until maybe after the bye week. Um, and we'll see. Maybe Tyrod Taylor, comes after, Tyrod Taylor comes back after the bye week and Darren Waller as well. And number three, get to Sam Howell. This is still not a good offensive line. They've done better over the last few weeks. Sam Howell is playing very good football, and if you want to win this game, you got to get to him. You know, your secondary struggling a little bit over the last few games. Your linebackers can only do so much. So, Kayvon, Aziz, Dex, got to get there. And also blitzes too, like sending in Jason Pinnock. I love when they send in Pinnock because it's so, it seems like he always gets a sack or a quarterback hit. But run the ball efficiently, score in the red zone, get to Sam Howell. My prediction as far as the score goes 
I have the Commanders winning this game 24-10. I just feel as though for some reason, um, you know, the Giants are not going to score too many points. Maybe in garbage time, maybe it'll be like 24-3 to and they'll put up seven just to make it close. But uh, I don't see the Giants winning this game. I feel like they could steal it, but I'd rather not. And again, I just don't think Tommy DeVito and the offense can score points this time. Maybe another time. Not this time around. Let's shoot it to the interview slash discussion with Corey Sanchez of On the Warpath. We had him on the last time. Let's go over there. All right. So once again, we are with Corey of On the Warpath. And I guess I'll just get right into it. We saw you guys just three, four weeks ago. It wasn't that long ago. In that stretch, Washington has gone one and two. It seems like the offense is playing a lot better. But to get the overall perspective, what has changed with the commanders in the way that they are playing over the last few weeks? I think it's uh, come from the um, from the shuffle on the offensive line. Uh, took out y'all's boys, uh, your insurgent that y'all planted on our team, and Nick Gates. Uh, he's on the bench. He did have a nice catch of one of our defenders going out of bounds against New England. So that's good. You know, I, I, I appreciate that for Nick Gates uh, being a good teammate and everything. But then also our left guard, Sadiq Charles, he is um, he was replaced by Chris Paul, a guy we drafted last year uh, in the seventh round. So he was a day three pick. Uh, and that's kind of shifted a lot of things on that interior line. And it, it's just been they've protected Sam. How the the sacks have went down. Um, I, I think it's Philadelphia. We saw that the sacks that went down. Um, also, uh, you even look at it against Seattle, the sacks went down. It's like three right now. Is kind of the magic number for him. But I think it began and it ended with uh, the offensive line. Uh, you know, it's when we played y'all last time, Sam was going through a lot of dropbacks and Wink Martindale was just sitting up there dialing up the blitz the whole time. Not a lot of quick game. That quick game has started to develop. Um, Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, they're getting into it, quick passes um, to some of these wide receivers as well. And then just letting them make plays with his feet as well, Sam Howell. So uh, I think that we've seen an evolution of not only Eric B. Enemy, I wish he would focus more on the run game a little bit, uh, but we've seen an evolution of him and Sam Howell growing together. And unfortunately, now it's the defense that is uh, falling behind. And uh, what we really know where that was, this defense has been like that all the time. So, um, yeah, that I think that's where the change is. It's been the offensive line shuffle and um, them kind of shorten up things for Sam. Circulating back to the head coach, I know Washington fans have – uh, mysterious opinions about him. Do you feel better or worse about Ron Rivera as, as the head coach at this moment? Um, I think he's just a dude serving a role right now. He's just here to collect a check and get out there. You can look at him. Uh, his press conferences, you can put him on autopilot for the most part. It's cruise control going down 95 uh, to, from uh, MetLife down all the way to Fagsfield. Just cru cruise control, uh, Ron. Um you know, people ask him about, well, do you fear for your job? Well, we've developed a quarterback. And, um, I mean, the opinions are people were looking for him to get fired. I know he's not going to be here past uh, the end of the season. So um, I'm not too worried about it in that respect. But, yeah, it, it's um, it's gone stale. 
Uh, and it, it's time for a new voice. Now, I know that this name has been circulating around a lot, and most of it's not true. But do you believe any of the Belichick rumors about a potential trade to the commanders? Because that's the newest fad. Yeah. I See, it feels like very Dan Snyder-esque to me. And I've heard other stories where, you know, it, the Chargers might be the front runner. And I'm like, what senior citizen wouldn't want to go to, like, Florida or California and live out their golden years uh, in sunny weather. Why would you want to come to D.C.? The smog, the pollution, the politics. You don't want to deal with all that. Uh, but, you know, he's familiar with the NFC East. And I don't – I believe where there's smoke, there's fire. I think that um, clearly I think we we can amass that – Josh Harris was probably the guy who reached out to Sean Payton or somebody from that group. So he wants an experienced coach there. Will he get it? I don't know. Um, I just can't see Belichick just coming here to coach. You know what I mean? Like he's got to be the general manager and Belichick, the general manager and being coach centric. That's kind of failed him over the last few years. I mean, you even go back to some of his drafts when they were winning with Tom Brady, they've had some terrible drafts. Uh, I remember it was wide receiver Chad Jackson they had. He was a second-round pick. He never amassed anything on the field. So, um, yeah, I mean, I believe it, but I'm hoping that it, it's not it's not true. Right. Um, so we moved to the QB position, and as we noted, Sam Howell didn't have a great game versus Big Blue the first time out. But since then – He's had at least a touchdown in his last three starts and over 300 yards in those three starts. What has he gotten better at? And I think you mentioned it a little bit before, but we could go over it once again. What has Eric Bieniemy done to help Howell improve? Yeah, like kind of going back to what I said, you know, they've uh, did the shuffles on the offensive line. Um, and also they're getting the ball out of his hands quicker. Like we, we've seen that. Uh, and then I think it's just, the guy knows no fear. Like, and I think I said this to you uh, the last time you had me on. And he knows no fear. And that's his best trait. And that's actually his worst trait. Because uh, he'll dominate. You look at that touchdown pass to De'Ami Brown. I mean, if the corner break at the DB breaks just a little bit sooner, that's a pick, right? Uh, so, I mean, Sam, I think he's getting it, man. And I, people are asking, well, is he the one? Is he the one? And I told you, I said, I don't know the last time. Dude. He has the tools to be the one. Like, we went to Lowe's, Home Depot, wherever you want to. We got the lumber. We got the nails. We got the foundation and everything. Now let's start. Let's build the house. That's what we're trying to do with Sam Howe. Is he, we are building our franchise quarterback right now. Uh, I think. He's got the tools to be it, and hopefully whatever regime comes in gives him the opportunity because, it. I mean, it's something unlike I, I've ever seen in Washington probably since uh, Kirk Cousins, just the way this kid battles back. He turns the ball over, and he bounces back. What happened in New York um, was probably malpractice by Eric Bieniemy, uh, kind of like what I said. Um, we're just sitting there. Y'all y'all bringing eight. Nine in a the box. They're like, eh, we're gonna blitz him. Well, let's just drop back a little bit. And, and it was just bizarre. To uh, there was no correction, and then they start getting Terry McLaurin hot towards the end of the game uh, when they didn't target him at all. That's another thing. Haven't been targeting Terry McLaurin 
uh, in some of these other games, they've been targeting him uh, more, had a concerted effort. And then John Jahan Dotson's also gotten hot a couple of times. He had a terrible game against um, against Seattle last week. But I think if you get those two involved, you get the tight ends involved as well, I think you'll have a good chance to win. And I think that's what you need to do building around a young quarterback is giving him a, some toys to play with. Definitely. And mm-hmm. you talked about it earlier. Um, analytically, and even you said it, the commanders pass the most, but they run the least. Yes. What are your thoughts on the balance or lack thereof balance? There's no balance. <laughs> There's no balance. I hate it. I, I mean, if we were winning, if we're, <clears throat> if we're six and four, I'm not complaining about it too much, right? Because there's something going on there that works down. I know we've been scoring some points and everything, but there's opportunities in the games. Like they, I think we had three consecutive three and outs against the Seahawks. Uh, and, and we had a turnover as well. That was Sam's fault. He fumbled the ball, but he just didn't go down because he was kind of in that uh, area where it, it was just like the play extended a little too long and they took him down. But uh, it does drive me crazy. And then, you know, you have a lot of these um, PFFers and um, all these. <laughs> that sounds terrible. I said that. But they, they uh, will try to convince you that throwing out the backfield is basically like a design run. I'm like, no, it's not because your runs are designed really to sometimes you run wide off tackle or something like that, but you don't run a gap, B gap, and you want your linebackers and those guys in the secondary to feel the running back, not catch them on. And it's a different type of attacking. And also it's good for your offensive linemen who are always on skates backing up. Let them, let them big boys push forward a little bit. Let them be the bullies, not the defenders every once in a while. Uh, so, you know, I, I feel like it's frustrating. I feel like that sometimes he feels like, you, um, you know, we've been in the FCs, uh, the Eagles back in the early two thousands, right? Brian Westbrook, he was that dual threat back, right? But they really, towards Andy Reid's, like, after they uh, didn't make the NFC Championship, they started throwing the ball an insane amount. So it doesn't really make sense to me. And, and kind of like it, it's going with Eric Bieniemy. Uh Also, like, he's from the Andy Reid school of thought. Uh, guys, we are uh, the Dollar General version, the Dollar Tree version of the Kansas City Chiefs. We are not the Kansas City Chiefs. We just got the offense coordinator who's in the system, uh, and we don't have Pat Mahomes. So you can run that same uh, system, but you also you've got two running backs that are really good, and Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, and those guys, and Chris Rodriguez too, the rookie from Kentucky. Run those guys, give them opportunity, and give your offensive line an opportunity to kind of, like I said, push forward. Right. And you just mentioned one of the names uh, that I was going to bring up next. Antonio Gibson is out for the game. Does this hamper the passing or even a little bit of the running game in any sort of way? He's a chess piece. Yeah, I think it will. I think you'll see the pass game uh, probably more focus on Brian Robinson. Well, we'll probably get to see Chris Rodriguez, too. Uh, in this situation, it'll be interesting to see if they do bring up uh, uh, also fullback Alex Arma, I think is out as well, too. So they'll probably bring up Jonathan Williams. So we're going to have like two, three, we're going to have three like power type backs back there. So maybe they might have a concerted effort on the running game too. And, you know, with it being a short week, do you really want to do 
so much when you got to play Dallas on third on Thanksgiving coming up too. So that's what you kind of you got to be aware of is you don't want to burn so much against the Giants. You want to win the game, of course, but um, maybe they're planning for the future with uh, maybe if this was a regular week, maybe Gibson could have went. But his toes have always been a problem uh, going back to his rookie year when we played uh, Pittsburgh and uh, he had the turf toe injury. So it's just something that kind of lingers with him. But I do think you probably will see a little scale back, especially uh, the passes out of the backfield. Terry McLaurin stonewalled for three quarters the last time by Deontay Banks, but started picking it up in the fourth quarter. Do you think the momentum will carry on from there and also the last few weeks? I'm not going to be disrespectful and say Deontay Banks uh, stonewalled him. I'm going to say that this offense was just ignorant to the fact that Terry McClellan. Like, remember, it was the second quarter before he even had a target. And it was, the what, the third quarter, fourth quarter before he even had a reception. So, I mean, gosh, I I just, you got to get him involved. Like, he's a volume receiver. We've seen that with Heineke. We've seen that uh, with Carson Wentz. You've got to get Terry uh, involved. you got to target him, like, ten times a game. Uh, so, I, I mean, if you get him involved, I think it's going to be uh, uh, it's going to be good for us. I don't think it's going to go the same way as it went in the Meadowlands. I think he's going to get involved. Uh, the, the last game that we actually beat y'all at, uh, at FedEx Field, right? You remember? Uh, yeah. Week two. Um, thank you. Leonard Williams jumped offside, or one of those cats jumped Dexter offside. Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, Dexter Lawrence. Sorry, thank you, Dexter Lawrence. And that was a jump off. Don't let nobody tell y'all anything different on that. Um, <laughs> uh, he, he ate that day. Taylor Heineke he just went went for him. I think he had a hundred and some odd yards. I think it was his second best game of the season. Um, after the year was done, so I think you get him involved. Um. He's had some big plays against y'all at home too. I, in 2020 also, that big catch and run. He got over oh, that Cam. That was Cam Sims. Sorry. Uh no, that was Terry McLaurin. Uh, so he he has the opportunity to do it. So just get him involved, get him the targets. How has the offensive line played since the moves of Nick Gates is out? Now it's Tyler Larson at center, Chris Paul at left guard, and then uh Sadiq Charles out at left guard. Uh they play a lot better. Uh, like you said, like I said before, the the sacks have been limited. Um, you know, I think they're probably averaging probably like three sacks a game now, and that's down about two per. Um, now we're talking about that uh, Derek Carr sack record isn't really in any kind of um, any kind of uh, venture of getting um, su- superseded. So that I think that's good. The offensive line they still got the problems because it's a makeshift offensive line. Um, and there's not, there hasn't been a lot of love and neglect. And there's been a lot of uh, neglect, but not and no love on this offensive line given to it. So um, I think they've played better, uh, and hopefully they can do the same thing uh, this week and and limit the sacks. Uh, I think we need to probably come out there with seven offensive linemen, uh, just so y'all aren't blitzing us the whole time. So. <laughs> But uh, they have played better. Moving to the defensive <clears throat> side of the ball, um, we obviously know what happened a few weeks ago. Montez no, Sweat what happened? Traded. Oh, Chase Young <laughs> traded. What does that tell you about the direction of the way the Commanders are going? Um, that winning is not their priority. They may say it, 
and they made back into it, but winning was not their priority uh, to trade. One of them, I understand, probably the one that landed in San Francisco, uh, Montez Sweat. Um, I would prefer to keep him just because I know what he is and look at what he look what he's doing in Chicago right now. Um, he's starting to it's starting to hit for him on all cylinders. Um, yeah, that's really what that did. I wasn't as disappointed as most fans were uh, because I feel like we have so much hope and expectation for local players like your Chase Young, uh, that they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, it's a kind of a weird infatuation, too. Uh, so I, I'm just like, eh, okay, he's gone. If you don't want to be here, let him go. Uh, we'll see him on Christmas Eve. He should have four sacks against him. If he's that great that y'all think he is, then let's go ahead and do it. Now, I it hurt me when Trent Williams left on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, that hurt me because that was something I felt, um, you know, that could have been avoided, but they they didn't avoid it. So, uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. It's a business. It's a business. Get over it. That's why I don't buy jerseys. It's because I know these guys may be gone eventually <laughs> sooner than later. Yeah, definitely. And has that trade crippled your pass rush any sort of way? And also James Smith-Williams is out for the game this weekend. Yeah, the, the the pass rush, it went from like a C-plus this year probably to an F uh, with those trades. Uh, there were opportunities. I mean, you, you saw it. Chase Young ate against y'all's, um, y'all's equipment manager at uh, left tackle. So, I mean, I, I just think that the pass rush was lacking there. We could never get – you look at the Eagles, right? We could never get that that one stop that we needed at home or on the road against Philadelphia. And this is when we had Chase Young and Montez Sweat, and we couldn't get the we couldn't get the stops that we needed. Uh, you look last week, we couldn't get the stops that we needed against Seattle. We couldn't get to the quarterback, and I, I think a lot of that has to do with play design by Jack Del Rio and company. Uh, so, I mean. It's already been crippled, but let's just say we went from a walker to a wheel, uh, wheelchair now with the uh, with the pass rush. Yeah, definitely, and then moving into the secondary a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on the way that, or I should say, how Emmanuel Forbes has played over the last few weeks? But I'm looking at the snap percentages right now since the mm-hmm. Giants game. Only played eight percent against Philly, a lot against New England, but not much against Seattle. Yeah. Um, Emmanuel Forbes, uh, well, you know, he didn't play a lot because, uh, you know, he he was very violent. The dude weighs like 95 pounds on Sunday. Uh, so, you know what? If he was still like, you know, y- y'all probably got Dragon Ball Z fans here. It's like if Goku went into the gravitational room, he'd still be floating on 100 times gravity, uh, or normal gravity. I like Manny Forbes. I think think he needs to put on a little bit of weight. Uh, I think he's been done wrong by this coaching staff. They have not put him in opportunities to succeed. Uh, you know, they they said they benched him because of his performance against Chicago, but hey, you got a young guy learning. So why don't you? He needs more reps. They, he doesn't need mental reps. You can do that in uh, that. That's what training camps for, right? 
Get him out there. That's your first overall pick, who a lot of people are hollering. They wanted Christian Gonzalez. And me, like a fool, I was like, guys, well, let's just see what, where we can go from there. Um, I think the kid can be something. Uh, Daryl Green, who uh, is our, our top legend in our franchise's history, uh, said he wanted to talk to him. And he even said they're not giving him help. They're not giving him help. I, I get it. I get that they're not giving help. But you can't put that dude on an island. Uh, it was funny because um, we played A.J. Brown, right? And he he baptized this young man. It was kind of like, you ever seen Coming to America, Alex? This is what I use. Uh, with Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall? I have not. You've not seen it. it you got to see the movie. They, but for anybody that get it, right? So there's a scene in the movie where this dude rolls up. And he comes down and he says, yo, Stu, your rent's due, right? We got this. Um, Manny Forbes went up there to Philadelphia. A.J. Brown told me, hey, I'm coming to collect rent at the end of the month when I come to FedEx Field, right? Not only did they bench him, not give him experience, they threw that boy back out there in the fire again against A.J. Brown. And he said, rent's due. He's coming. And he didn't have anything. He couldn't pay the rent. The rent wasn't due. The rent was due, and he couldn't pay. And that's the stuff that we talk about. You see Washington fans talk about coaching and situational football. The dude was still cold. Why are you putting him on the dude? It made no sense to me. And, um, you know, and don't even get me started about the, that, that ejection. Like that, I mean, and that that's just another damaging thing to that boy's psyche. I hope he can uh, kind of bounce back, and maybe this is the type of game that he can do it. Uh, against uh, against the Giants. Yeah, definitely. And further into game prep, did this last time, still the basic three questions. Top matchup setting into this game. Um, oh, let's see. I, I think it, it's going to uh, – this offensive line against y'all's defense. The uh, That defensive front, whatever um, – can they protect Sam? I think that's a key matchup right there. Um, and, you know, Terry McLaurin, Deontay ba uh, Banks again, see how he does against him. Can he break through? And also Jahan Dotson for that matter. And whoever's matched up on the opposite side against him. Um, defensively, I think that um, it's always Saquon against the Burgundy and Gold. Uh, because I, I think that he has adoption papers for the commanders. Uh, somewhere in Prince George's County, Maryland, uh, because it's always a daddy moment when Saquon comes down there. So I, I would say Saquon against this defense, if you want to kind of pinpoint it down, can Jamin Davis get to him, right? That, that's what I, I'm seeing because uh, I've been to a lot of games where I've seen Saquon Barkley eat against us. I saw it last year. I saw it in 2019. 2021, I didn't see it because he was coming off that ACL tear. And in that week two matchup, you could tell he was missing a step. But um, with that being said, I think that that's another key matchup right there is him against this defense. So it's one player. It, well, it's one unit against one unit. And then it's one player against the defense to see if we can finally stop Saquon Barkley. Two X factors for the commanders this game, one on offense and one on defense. Uh, X factor will be Brian Robinson. I think, um, you know, he, he's been good in the past game. People say he's slow. 
He's slow. He was our leading receiver last year. Shut up about that. He's got game speed. That's all it is. Uh, so I, I think he'd be uh, X factor on offense. Uh, I'll give you a one A two Logan Thomas to at, at the tight end spot because tight ends actually did play pretty well. And then on defense, uh, if he's right and he can eat, I think that you could get a good game out of um, Jamin Davis. He's been making some plays, but he's very hot and cold. Um, so I need a hot Jamie Davis to come out there and play some ball, get some tackles. And, uh, if he, if he's hot, there's a good chance, uh, we win the game because we're two and oh, when he gets a, a turnover in a game. Uh, so we'll see how he plays. And uh, the other X, I'll give you one X factor is, um, we lose in the all black uniforms. That's what we're wearing. So y'all see, y'all got, y'all got everything going for you once again. Oh, <laughs> well. Coming from my fan of this, my side of the fandom. Not that I would root for the Commanders, but of course I'm in that I'm in that mode now where I want the Giants to lose games for a draft pick. But hopefully, you guys, you know, get your first win in those uh, those black uniforms. But uh, if you're game planning against the Giants, two X factors on the Giants offense and defense. Ooh, y'all's X. So X factor for you all. Um. I got a guy. I say Saquon all the time. I I think that like he puts the fear of God in me. Like I I will probably have nightmares about Saquon Barkley running, running. He's still running right now. Um, and then I guess on defense, it's not really a player for me. It's the whole unit. It's Wink Martindale. Like I think he's y'all's X factor because over the last two years that we've played against you all, he has given us fits. In the last three games that we played, um, it, it's these blitzes, and we we just seem to not do enough to stop them. So I, I think with that being said, uh, is Thibodeau playing? Thibodeau actually cleared concussion protocol. He's got a uh, that, that, then I'll give you him as an expect because he's been looking all world against us too. So uh, I'll give you Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, where he, yeah, he just we make these guys look great. They'd be pro bowlers if y'all played us like 10 times a year. And then lastly, of course, where can people find you and your work? Uh, you can find me on On the Warpath. You can also find me right here at the bottom at Sanchez 405. Um, I will be on live tomorrow. So, you know, come on over, holler holler at us and, um, you know, a, a banter. We appreciate banter. Good and <laughs> I appreciate good and banter, uh, negative banter. So, uh, yeah, come on by. Well, I appreciate Corey once again taking the time out of his day to come on and talk with us, give us the commander side of things. If you guys haven't already, please follow him on Twitter. And also, of course, uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel. As he just mentioned, he's going to be live for the game. So yeah. uh, going to be going to be exciting one, at least for commander fans, for giant fans with Tommy DeVito, a quarterback. Uh, if it was Tyrod <laughs> Taylor, I would say something different, but. Tommy DeVito is the quarterback. Be homecoming and, for him too. So true. <laughs> yeah, it would true. But um, like as for this podcast, like, comment, subscribe to all the good stuff. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or drops. Appreciate y'all coming back, and we will see you guys next time out. Peace. Uh-huh.